Here in Baltimore, Maryland, it's overcast and windy. And the poor old Baltimore Orioles manager, Earl Weaver, is down to his last 20-game winner, Mike Cuellar. The Pittsburgh Pirates are going with a pitcher they think has been their best the last two months of the season, a right-hander, Steve Blass. And so the two teams who started spring training last February are now down to their final game in a one-game World Series. NBC Sports, a service of NBC News, presents the seventh game of the 1971 World Series. The National League champions, the Pittsburgh Pirates, versus the American League champions, the Baltimore Orioles. Brought to you by Chrysler Corporation. Extra care and engineering. Your host today, your local Chrysler Plymouth dealer. By right guard, Annie Persprint. The one that's super dry. And by Philip 66. The Performance Company at Phillips 66. It's performance that counts. Hi, everybody. Kurt Gowdy of the NBC Sports Department. Chuck Thompson, the telecaster and broadcaster of the Baltimore Orioles. And Tony Kubek of NBC roaming the stands for you. The two starters are already warming up. Once again, it's going to be Quayar against Blast. We'll talk a little bit more about them. And we've had a late lineup change that uh, could be meaningful in this game. The Pirates have just moved Willie Stargell out of the cleanup position and dropped him to number six. They have elevated Bob Robertson, their first baseman, into the cleanup spot, and they put Manny Sanguian in the number five spot catching. Yesterday, and we've talked to a lot of writers, broadcasters, uh, baseball people who have followed the World Series for years, and they all agree one of the most dramatic World Series games they've ever seen. There were plots and subplots, a real thriller, that 10-inning victory, as the Orioles got back into it. So each team now has fought from behind. The Pirates over in Pittsburgh and Baltimore here, and we're down to the seventh game, and let's look at the starting pitchers now. Going for Pittsburgh will be the man that got Pittsburgh on the winning track in this series, Steve Blass, who pitched a brilliant three-hitter at Pittsburgh. Blass won 15 and lost 10. He's typical of the Pittsburgh staff. They're trying to do it with 10 and 15 game winners against all the 20-game winners the Orioles have, and the Pirates have more than held their own. Starting for the Baltimore Orioles will be their 20-game winner, their crafty left-hander, 34-year-old Mike Cuellar, and Blast defeated him decisively in Game 3 of the World Series at Pittsburgh. So it's Cuellar against Blast for the championship. Both bullpens will be loaded, as you all know. And now let's get the slants from Baltimore's Chuck Thompson. Well, thank you very much, Kurt, and I... Uh... Well, you know, you seldom get to this. The seventh game of the World Series is unlike anything else in sports. And I must confess, I think I'm a little more nervous this afternoon than I was in game one. And the Baltimore side of it, I think Baltimore fans are feeling that maybe yesterday they saw a little bit of a comeback from Baltimore. Not necessarily that they won the game. But things like they played their first errorless ball game. They were able to steal a base, take an extra base, and more importantly than anything else, able to shut out that outstanding Pittsburgh lineup for seven innings. Able to do some of the things that brought them a championship in the American League. Able to do some things that the Pittsburgh Pirates' outstanding pitching has kept them from doing throughout the first six games. Game seven of the 1971 World Series. I can't wait for it to start. And now down to Tony Kubek. With me, Brooks Robinson and Brooks, there's always pressure in the World Series, an all-star game, 
pennant-clinching victories or any place else, but the Baltimore Orioles and Brooks Robinson has never been in a seventh game. How are you feeling? Well, I feel fine, Tony. I'm a little excited, and uh, like to say, you can really feel it inside, and uh, just the crowd here will make you feel it inside, and I just hope we uh, have a good ball game. An entire season, playoffs, spring training, all boils down to this one game, the seventh game of the World Series. I guess that's the way it's supposed to be, Tony, but uh, it's going to be uh, an exciting ball game, and uh, we worked long and hard, and uh, we were number one last year, and we got a chance to be number one this year, and that's what we've been shooting for all year. Brooks Robbins, thank you so much. Good luck. Okay, Tony, thank you. Back upstairs. Welcome to Baltimore's Memorial Stadium for the seventh game of the 1971 World Series. Here are the official lineups. First, the National League champion, Pittsburgh Pirates. Here is the manager of the Pirates, number 40, Danny Murtaugh. Batting first, playing second base, number 30, Dave Cash. Batting second, playing center field, number 15, Gene Kleins. Batting third, playing right field, number 21, Roberto Clemente. Batting fourth, playing first base, number seven, Bob Robertson. Batting fifth, catching for Pittsburgh, number 35, Manny Sanguin. Batting sixth, playing left field, number eight, Willie Stargell. Batting seventh, playing third base, number 11, Jose Pagan. Batting eight, the shortstop, number two, Jackie Hernandez. Batting ninth, and pitching for the Pirates this afternoon, number 28, Steve Blass, warming up in the bullpen. And here are the remaining players and coaches of the Pittsburgh Pirates.
playing center field. Number 14, Merv Redmond. Batting six, playing third base. Number five, Brooks Robinson. Batting seventh, catching for Baltimore. Number 10, Elrod Hendricks. Batting eight, the shortstop. Number seven, Mark DeLinger. Batting ninth, and pitching for the Orioles this afternoon. Number 35, Mike Cuellar, warming up on the sidelines. And here are the remaining players and coaches of the Baltimore Orioles. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for our national anthem, which will be played by the first United States Army Band. the shot of Elrod Hendricks while he had the bat in his hand. He was simulating a batter as Cuellar warmed up, so Hendricks did not come out of the dugout to be introduced along with the rest of his Baltimore teammates. And another uh, oddity about the introduction, Earl Weaver gave a personal applause to each Oriole as they came out. I guess thanks, fellas, for the great season you gave me here. Win or lose today. Now the meeting at home plate Six umpires again. Nestor Shylock will be behind the plate. You're watching Cuellar warm up. He's taking extra warm up. He has trouble getting started sometimes. Ed Sudol will be umpiring at first. Johnny Rice at second. Vargo at third. Jim Odom umpiring the left field line. And John Kibler the right field line. The ceremonial first pitch today will be thrown out by our Secretary of State, William Rogers. Commissioner Bowie Kuhn hands him the ball. Alrod Hendricks, the catcher of the Orioles, ready to receive it. Good arm. Very good, Mr. Secretary. 
once more. Uh-oh. I guess that's the secretary's blooper pitch. Well, the seventh and final game of the 1971 World Series being brought to you from Memorial Stadium in Baltimore as the Pittsburgh Pirates meet the Baltimore Orioles. Tonight, the Orioles taking the field. Chuck Thompson will set him up defensively. Let me say, though, that the wind is a big factor today. A strong wind blowing from first toward third. Balls hit in the air to right field will be held up, and the wind could cause problems on fly balls and pop-ups. Mike Cuellar slowly moving to the mound, and here to take you on the play-by-play -play for the first part of the game, the Orioles' voice, Chuck Thompson. Thank you very much, Kurt, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. And again, the Oriole defensive infield, starting with Powell at first base, and second baseman Dave Johnson, shortstop Mark Belanger, and the third baseman Brooks Robinson. Uh, the outfield will have Don Buford in left field, Merv Rettenmund, the center fielder, and the right fielder, Frank Robinson. Catching is Elrod Hendricks, and the pitcher will be Mike Cuellar. Cuellar, who started game three in the uh, Three River Stadium in Pittsburgh and had control problems, walking six, but if you were with us uh, through the warm-up and pre-game show, you heard manager Earl Weaver make the statement that he would take from Cuellar again today what he got in Pittsburgh, meaning that uh, through six innings, uh, but two runs. And, of course, the Pirates broke the ball game open in Pittsburgh against Cuellar on a walk and error, and then Bob Robertson with a booming home run. And that may have had something to do, Kurt, with manager Murtaugh's thinking and the last-minute shuffle in the lineup that knocked Stargell out of the number four spot and replaced him with Bob Robertson and moved Manny Sengian uh, from the number seven position, or rather the number six position, up to the number five spot and dropped Stargell down into the number six position. Well, here is Dave Cash. And that's the season average, and in this uh, World Series, he is a 154 hitter with four hits and 26 trips, and against Cuellar, he went one underway on the strike call. And speaking of strikes and strikeouts, Cash, in 26 at-bats in this World Series, has not struck out. He is the only regular without a strikeout. One ball and one strike. For those of you who did not watch Cuellar in Game 3, he possesses a full repertoire of pitches. He has the good curveball. He has one of the better screwballs in baseball, a fastball, and a slider. To Brooks Robinson... And that will be the first out in the final game. Brooks Robinson playing the short hop or the off-beat hop. <laughs> he cradles the ball sometimes like that up into his stomach. Makes his throw. Well, the Orioles are off to a good defensive start. And here's Gene Klein, Chuck. Klein's a 143 hitter in the series, and that's his yearly mark, 308. And let's see, watch Rettenmund and left fielder Buford. It'll be the center fielder Rettenmund. And we have two down in the pirate half of the first inning. Though it was not apparent on that fly ball, keep in mind the point that Kurt brought out a moment ago. There is a strong 8 to 15 mile an hour wind from first to third, or from the right field foul pole to the left field if you prefer. 
And here is an indication of what the outfielders, infielders, will contend with on a ball that gets up high enough today. And speaking of problems to contend with, Baltimore has had its hands full and then some trying to handle Roberto Clemente, a 440 hitter in the World Series. And a ball one. Clemente's game against a Cuellar in Pittsburgh saw him come to the plate four times with one base hit. And Clemente has done it all for the Pirates here in the 71 series. Two balls, no strikes. By that I mean he has a pair of doubles. He also has a triple. He has a home run. He has knocked in three. He has 11 base hits in 25 trips to the plate. Curveball from Cuellar. Cuellar will change speeds on both the curve and on the screwball. Clemente's been murdering outside fastballs through this series. And Cuellar's been feeding him that slow junk. Belanger, the shortstop. They've got him. And it is a 1 2 3 inning. No runs, no hits, no errors, and nobody left. At the end of a half inning of play, the score is Pittsburgh nothing and Baltimore coming to bat. Now quickly we'll take a look at the Pirate defense for you. First baseman Bob Robertson and the outstanding Norm Cash, Pittsburgh's second baseman, Hernandez, the shortstop, and at third base will be Jose Pagan. The outfield will have Stargell in left, Rich Kleins, the center fielder, and Mr. Roberto Clemente in right field. And behind the plate we have Manny Sanguian. And on the mound, Steve Blass. And in game three in Pittsburgh, he twirled a three-hitter against the Orioles. Frank Robinson had two hits in four trips. And uh, one of those was a home run, and that was the only run that Glass allowed the Orioles that day. And I guess when people think back over this 1971 World Series, I think a lot of people will say that Glass, perhaps more than anyone else, turned the series around. I believe I said Norm Cash for the... Uh, uh, pirate second baseman, excuse me, and I thank you for the correction. It is Dave Cash, of course. Thank you. And here's a fella, Chuck Buford, in the middle of everything yesterday. On base four times, made a big throw to second. He played some game. Well, he is a 250 hitter in the World Series. Went 0 for 4 against Glass in Pittsburgh. And the ball won. One nothing to Buford. Ball two. Two balls, no strikes to Buford, who will be followed by the man you're looking at now, Dave Johnson, in the on-deck circle. The take on and the strike. Two balls, one strike to Buford. Buford has had five hits and 20 at-bats in this series. Three of the five have been extra base hits, a double and a pair of home runs, and a 250 average against Pirate pitching in the series. The 2 1. Good breaking stuff from Steve Glass. Two balls, two strikes.
Looked like a shake-off and a couple, huh? The 2-2. And you heard him talking uh, earlier in the pre-game show today that he intended to try and set up the fastball and the slider with that pitch that he just missed with, the slow overhand curveball that fills the count 3-2 and two to Buford. He missed again. A leadoff walk to Buford. In his complete game victory in Pittsburgh, Glass walked only two Orioles. Now he walks leadoff hitter Buford. To talk to the Pittsburgh players, their manager and coaching staff, they uh, think a lot of Dave Johnson. They all respect him. They, they think he's the most underrated player in the Baltimore lineup. Very high in praise of him. Kurt, I think I would agree with that appraisal of Dave Johnson. He certainly does not or has not gotten the credit that he has deserved as an Oriole. That was a fastball and a count ball one now to Johnson. His series batting average is 174, four hits and 23 trips. And when last he faced Flask in Pittsburgh, he was 0 for 3. And of course, he had a very big hit for Baltimore yesterday. That's the lead of Buford at first. Out of play, one ball, one strike. The on-deck batter, Boog Powell. And the Oriole bat boy, Jay Mazzo. I think all baseball players, particularly the American League players, and I think if you had the chance to talk to the Pirates in this World Series, would have nothing but great praise for the Oriole bat boy. Jay Mazzone. And this is his last year with Baltimore. He will be going to college and then not able to continue as a bat boy. It's been a great experience for the Orioles to have him as a bat boy. And of course, he feels it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to him. One ball, one strike to Dave Johnson. baseball fan of course uh, only too well aware that the seventh game of a World Series just like no other game that you're going to see expects the unexpected and here now Boog Powell Boog in his game against Blass in Pittsburgh was collared 0 for 4 in the series 3 for 23 an average of 180 and he has knocked in only one run in this 1971 series strong has been the Pittsburgh pitching. That's the curveball from Blast. Beautifully thrown in the strike call. You were a little bit late uh, joining us. Don Buford opened the game with a base on ball. Stayed there as Johnson popped out on the bunt. The Pirates were three up and three down against Quayle. Foul ball. Foul ball. That's the hardest ball Powell's hit in the series. He did have all of that, Kirk, but well out in front of the pitch. It was foul the second it left the bat. Everybody's waiting for either Powell or Stargell to break out. They haven't yet. Today could be the day. Well, if both of them break out in the same game, Kirk, we're in for a, a super afternoon. Two strike pitch to Boog Powell. Foul 
foul ball. You see the uh, the wrist bandages on Boog Powell, and uh, you know about his hand problem. And one of the uh, he does it a lot. Hurts it, re-injures it, checking a swing. But truthfully, he does that right wrist more harm sliding than any other way. He just cannot avoid putting that hand down, and he gives it an awful jar every time he slides. Uh, the Orioles have given him all sorts of things to carry in that hand as a base runner, and he still puts the hand down. Two strikes to Powell. One out, Buford at first. Look, one and two. Well, it has been strictly a home team World Series so far. The Pirates have won every game played in Pittsburgh. The Orioles have won every game played in Baltimore. And now time, Earl Weaver is on his way. And uh, there is something that uh, needs to be straightened out right now. And from my vantage point, I would not care to make a guess. But Nestor Shylock wants to see Danny Murtaugh perhaps or Verdon and it appears that it involves pitcher Steve Blass. I don't know whether it's something in the uniform. We've had examples of torn sleeves. Uh, white undershirt. Now Murtaugh and Blass. And there's something to do. Uh, Weaver pointed out something, and Shylock agreed with him. There's Earl Weaver going back to the Baltimore dugout. Well, they do this, we'll tell you the telecast presented by authority of Major League Baseball, intended solely for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, retransmission, or other use of the pictures, descriptions, and accounts of this game without the express written consent of the Commissioner of Baseball is prohibited. looking at the mound, Chuck. I, I, you know, I wish I could make uh, the, the intelligent guess, but uh, I really can't. And I think perhaps the best thing to do is just wait until we get the information from downstairs, and uh, then we'll definitely know what this uh, protest uh, was all about. Now, Blass has asked for a couple of, you know, warm-up tosses. I wonder if... Weaver was arguing that he was off standing off the rubber. The, I had thought about this, but let's wait for verification. Alan Roth is getting some information for us right now, uh, Kurt. And now Weaver is on his way again. That is exactly correct, Kurt Gowdy. That's what Weaver's protest was, that Blass was not in contact with the rubber. That he was pitching off the first base side of it, apparently. And uh, one foot has to be on that rubber. I'd like to, uh, perhaps a little later, we if uh, we have the opportunity to get Tony Kubek's uh, viewpoint on this, I, uh, I'm trying to think of what possible advantage, other than being in front of the rubber, uh, where you would be, you know, uh, cheating a, an inch or two in your delivery. But it seemed to me that Blass was more to the first base side of the rubber than than in front of it. All right, here is uh, the one ball, two strike pitch to Powell. 
And it's two balls, two strikes. Kurt? And of course, it's a needling tactic by Earl Weaver. If he thought of any way he could upset Blaster the Pirates, he's out there to do it. So you see that Blast does work from the extreme first base end of the rubber. And the 2-2 to Powell. There's that curve, and he just has not been able to get it over consistently. Of course, he's only faced three men. Three and two now. That's his important pitch. He must get that slow curve over. When he does, he's really rough. That's his, really his changeup. Now, here is a good close-up shot, and quite obviously, Blass is exactly where he is supposed to be in contact with the rubber. And this is the payoff. 3-2 pitch to Powell. Buford at first and one out. They hold Buford, and Powell strikes out. Now, now to Tony Kubek. Actually, what was happening is Earl Weaver was talking about a few things. He thought he was going to his mouth too much. He was not stopping with a man on first base. But mainly, they had noted in the first ball game that Flass was digging a hole toward the first base side of the pitcher's rubber off the pitcher rubbing surface. They want him to be on that rubber. And, of course, as Kirk mentioned, a little bit of psychological warfare to rattle Steve Blass for Earl Weaver. Back upstairs. Thank you, Tony. Thank you very much. Here is Frank Robinson, two down. And we'll watch Clemente, the right fielder. The wind is holding it up a little bit. Clemente there and makes the grab for the final out of the inning. Baltimore, no runs, no base hits, no pirate errors, and one man left. At the end of one inning of play, the score is Baltimore nothing, Pittsburgh nothing. Well, in the uh, Pittsburgh half of the second inning, the number four hitter will be Bob Robertson. He will be followed by Manny Sangian, and then it will be Willie Stargell. Now, the original order that Danny Murtaugh posted had Stargell batting four, Robertson five, and Sangian six. He changed just moments before the game, and now it's Robertson four, Sangian fifth, uh, and uh, Stargell six. I think he wanted to get Robertson up behind Clemente. Robertson with five RBIs leads the... Pirates are knocking in runs in this series. And against De Cuellar in Pittsburgh, he went one for four, but it was a three-run home run. Yep. One pitch and a line shot into the glove of Brooks Robinson. One away. And now Manny Sanguian. And Sanguian uh, against Cuellar in Pittsburgh had the good afternoon with two hits and three trips. And a, an outstanding series for this very fine young catcher, Manny Sandian. He is hitting 360 in the series. Has one extra base and a double, and he's also stolen two bases. He always draws that line, as Bob Prince explained to you over in Pittsburgh, where he places his feet with his stance in the batter's box. He's digging right in alongside that line he drew for himself. Quayar to Manny Sanguian. And the foul out of play on the Quayar screwball. This fellow murdered lefties during the year. He hit 345 against left-handers, 300 against right-handers. That's the hard screwball from Quayar. Quayar, though, is not a normal left-hander. When he throws that screwball, it breaks away from a right-hander. Now the two-strike pitch to Sanguian. Out of play.
behind Sandy and comes start. Another screw, Jeannie missed. One out, nobody on. One ball, two strikes to count to San Guillen. Curve ball. Five in a row now. Brooks Robinson staying in front of the ball. This is always the advantage of playing a ball in front of you instead of to the side. And he knows he's going against an excellent runner to first base, San Guillen. He made it a fairly close play. And now Willie Stargell. Stargell 4 for 20 in the series. And he was 0 for 1 against Cuellar in Pittsburgh. But he walked three times. And now the Cuellar fastball to Stargell. And another fastball. Strike two. Yesterday, Palmer got Stargell out on fastball. Pagan on deck. Two-strike pitch to Stargell. Another fastball. And the Pirates are three up and three down. At the end of an inning and a half to score is Pittsburgh nothing and Baltimore nothing. Well, another chance for you around the world to meet Oriole coaches, first base coach George Staller and third base coach Billy Hutter. There are over 200 television stations in the United States, 450 radio stations, and 400 American Forces radio stations around the world carrying the 1971 World Series, seen in Taiwan, Canada, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Colombia, Virgin Islands, Bermuda, Dominican Republic, Hawaii, Alaska, Mexico, United States bases in Germany, Korea, Manila, Panama. Here is Merv Rettenmond, a 217 hitter in this series. 5 for 23 and 0 for 4 against Blass in Pittsburgh. Shortstop Hernandez. One gone. One of the heroes in the Orioles' victory in game six is at the plate now, Brooks Robinson. His World Series average, as you see, right there. No extra base hits, but five runs batted in. Good fastball from Blass. And another one ball, one strike. Two balls and a strike to Brooks Robinson. Lash used to have trouble with his fielding. He sometimes came off the mound and would be hit in the rear by a line drive. They finally got him to balance himself when he came off the mound to be able to field going either way. And a ball three. You saw an example in the Dobson game in Pittsburgh that being able to field your position could certainly help because there were many pirate shots back through the middle that Dobson merely, you know, he couldn't get himself in position to do anything about. Ball four to Brooks Robinson. 
And walk number two issued by Steve Blass. The batter will be Elrod Hendricks. He is hitting 188 in the series. Three hits and 16 trips. And his effort against the Blass in Pittsburgh, well, he was collared in three trips. And that was a seasonal mark we just looked at. And you notice that Robertson does not hold with Robinson at first base. Good breaking stuff, strike. And the Pirates continue to play Hendricks, much in the manner they play Abu Powell with a man on base. The shortstop doesn't come over to the first base side, but almost. Bob Robertson, uh-oh! Brooks Robinson will hold at second. to the first baseman, Bob Robertson. Now watch this hop to Bob Robertson. He's been steady as a rock down there. He was watching that second hop. Looked like it skidded on him. It came up higher than he thought it would, but uh, Robertson played. He's going to stand out at first base with the this play right here. Well, in the uh, first uh, five games of the World Series, it was the Baltimore Orioles who were, you know, making errors yesterday. The Pirates came up with their second. Today, they have come up with their, only their third error in this series. Pass, beautiful pickup. He's got one at second. On the first, he pulled. No, he got him. He got him. Robertson maintained contact with the bag long enough to get Belanger in the double. So at the end of two full innings of play, the score is Pittsburgh nothing. And Baltimore, nothing. Frank Oshak's coaching at third for Pittsburgh. Don Leppard at first. Let's see if we can see the tail end of that double play. Here it is. We were talking about Dave Johnson. This cash kid's been playing great ball, too. In the middle part of double plays. Now here he is starting one over to first. Now watch Robertson's foot. Is it on the bag? Looks like it was yep. on the inside part of the bag. He wasn't pulled off, and the Pirates got a big double play. He definitely did maintain contact with that bag all of the time, Kurt. That's the seventh Pirates double play of the World Series. Five have been made in the infield. To the top of the third inning in Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, the final game of the 1971 series. Jose Pagan. And Pagan in the series. A 250 hitter, and that's a seasonal mark you're looking at right now. And against Cuellar, Pagan had a three for 12 in this series. Ball one. Cuellar has retired the first six Pirates he has seen. Jim Russo, the Baltimore scout, was telling me before the game, Chuck, he said we were wondering, the Latin players seem to be able to hit Cuellar. Cuellar's a Cuban. Maybe they know him. We just can't figure it out. Brooks Robinson at third. He got the good hop. And now seven in a row have gone down against Cuellar. Shortstop Jackie Hernandez. Jackie. 
And a 267 hitter in the World Series and in the season 206, as you know. Actually, he's been to the plate 15 times with four base hits. He has a run batted in, and he also has a stolen base. Well, he's out of the boxer, is he? Hold on a minute. Foul ball. Just a foul ball. And it hit him in foul territory. One strike to Hernandez. They want Shylak to take a look at the ball, see if he was scarred and in any way blemished on the bunt. You're just tuning in, one out, nobody on, top of the third inning, no score. It is out of play on the count now, two strikes to Hernandez. Cuellar has maintained this sort of a pattern against the Pirates in the early innings. He has gotten ahead of the hitters and stayed there. Two-strike pitch. Out of the ground foul is off uh, the first base side. About two strikes to count to Hernandez. And Blass will be due behind Hernandez. Robinson tracking in right field. Two down. Well, first Tuesday has changed. It's now chronologue, and we'll still examine uh, the new and unusual stories that make the headlines. Join Garrick Utley and watch chronologue this Friday night right here on NBC. Number Steve Blass. Here's Steve Blass. His lifetime batting average in the National League is 135. admit that Steve really had himself a pretty good cut. Strike one. We're going to have a day for Blast in Canaan, Connecticut, October 22nd, I believe it is. No matter what he does today, they think he deserves a day in his hometown. Dave Johnson, second baseman, and another 1-2-3 inning for Baltimore's playoff. At the end of two and one-half innings of play, the score is Pittsburgh nothing and Baltimore nothing. Coming right up here after this final game of the World Series, you'll see NFL football, either Cleveland at Cincinnati or San Diego at Denver. Right after today's World Series game. Mike Cuellar, who's usually shaky in the early innings, has been sharp today. He's retired nine in a row in the first three innings. And uh, that's something we haven't seen Pittsburgh do, is go down one, two, three like that in succession. Not since the first game. As a matter of fact, Kurt, uh, excluding the first game over the last five, the Pirates have had at least one runner on base in 38 of 43 innings, and now here they are three innings in a row, three up and three down. Pitcher Mike Cuellar. That's the average for Cuellar on the year. Ball one. Now, Blass, who walked but two Orioles in nine innings of a 5-1 triumph in Pittsburgh, has already issued two walks. One and one. Out of play. 
top of the batting order. That's Buford in the on-deck circle. 1-2 to Cuellar. Blast picks up strikeout number two. with the outstanding on-base percentage for Baltimore of over 400. And he opened uh, the ball game with a base on balls. Glass uh, just came right after the birds and held Buford at first to look out. Behind him, he's all right. Ball one. Nothing to Buford. One and one. Dave Johnson, the on deck hitter. Do batter behind Buford. Two and one now. Appeared to be the curveball again from Blast. Look at that hole, a shortstop they give Buford. There it is. The 2-1. Off Buford's foot. It is a foul ball, and what an effort from Steve Blass. Whew. Like the old gas house game. Pepper Martin sliding into a bag. Well, if you'll not do it in the seventh game of the series, you'll not do it anywhere. Fine effort from Blass. The count, two balls, two strikes to Buford. And Steve seems to be okay. And again, Buford has a full count. Three balls, two strikes, one out, nobody on, and no score in the last of the third, game seven. Foul ball. chasing for it, and Buford has reached for the second time this afternoon. But then he cut that ball off with that good speed. It had a chance of getting in the alley between uh, Kleins and uh, Clemente, and uh, Roberto got to it very quickly and held Buford to a single. Baltimore's first base hit. Here is Johnson with Buford at first base and none out in the first inning. He attempted to bunt and popped out to the pitcher blast. There goes Buford. They've got him hung up. And he is out at second base. He broke too soon and the alert blast just cut him down. 
Last time to Robertson. Robertson got rid of that ball quickly to Cash. Buford right into him. And let's take a look at it from this angle. He thought he was going to make his pitch to the plate. And Buford is out from the pitcher to the first baseman to the second baseman. Dave Cash bumped into by Buford. And uh, they came out to look at him. He was flexing his right leg. But he uh, appears to be all right. So that makes it two down now. And nobody on. The Pirates have had three men cut down on the bases in this series. And this is the first time the uh, Orioles have run into trouble on the bases. So with two down and nobody on, Johnson uh, waiting the first one from Steve Blass. Oh, what a fine play from Pagan. And the final out of the inning, Baltimore, no runs, one base hit, no pirate errors, nobody left. At the end of three complete, the score is Pittsburgh nothing and Baltimore nothing. Well, we go now to the uh, top of the fourth inning at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore and the top of the Pirate batting order. That'll be Dave Cash, Rich Kleins, Gene Kleins, and then uh, Roberto Clemente. Cash, Kleins, Clemente. Cash in the first inning was out on the ground ball to Brooks Robinson. Kleins skied to the center fielder Retman, and Roberto bounced to the shortstop. Mark Clemente. So the Pirates now start the second go-round against Cuellar. Strike one. Dave Johnson reaches, and now the Pirates have sent ten up, and Cuellar has retired ten in a row. Here is Gene Kleins in the first inning against Miguel Cuellar. He flied to center fielder Retmond. Had the dandy year at 308. Speed to burn. Oh, he could fly. But effort, Cuellar. There him. Hey, they got him on a nifty play from Powell. Oh, that was a fine pickup of what appeared to be a touchdown and a throw to handle. We've been watching two first basemen in this series who are very underrated fielders. Watch Powell dig this one out of the dirt. The runner coming right into him. A difficult play. Up he comes. Powell and Robertson had a measure of excellence to each of these infields. And what a great shot of that catch from Lou Powell. Here is Roberto Clemente against Cuellar in the first inning. He grounded to short. That is hit well. A Clemente home run, and the Pirates lead one to nothing. Looks like he had a breaking pitch right over the plate. That's his 12th hit. He's one short now, tying Bobby Richardson's all-time World Series record of 13 hits in a seven-game World Series. He had a triple and a homer yesterday and a home run today. Let's watch his swing now. Look at him. Tee off. 
Everything in that 180-pound body, whipping around. This one, he pulled the left center. Most of his hits have been the right. Brooks Robinson. And that will be the final out. But the Clemente home run gives the Pirates at the end of three and one half. Now let's take a look at the Brooks Robinson play again on the final out to uh, retire Bob Robinson. Cutting in front of shortstop Belanger. And the recovery in the throw to first. And so at the end of three and one half innings of play, it is Pittsburgh one and Baltimore nothing. events through the years and the association continues with a prestigious collegiate basketball championship another world series event that will be seen on nbc next march i noticed when clemente went to his position in right he's got quite a rooting section out there in right field there are a few hundred pittsburgh fans right above him and they gave him a standing ovation they have pittsburgh banners and caps on out there and if he doesn't deserve one i'd like to find somebody who does that's a ball one to boot power there are a lot of adjectives you could use to describe Roberto Clemente. He just lets that bat and overall brilliance do it for him. In all departments of baseball, throwing, running, fielding, hitting. Let's see if it stays in play. Coming on is Pagan. Look out, and he could not get to it. And... As we have mentioned and have shown you, the Pirates' overshift uh, on Powell, of course, gave Pagan a tremendous amount of real estate to cover and enough to get near that foul ball. And about Pagan, in game five, he played brilliantly at third base, and he's made an outstanding play already in this series. So he has given the Pirates some real sparkle there at third. He had to come from about the shortstop's position or in the hole off of the foul ground in a chase for the... Powell foul ball. And second baseman Cash is there. One away. And now Frank Robinson, who fly to uh, right fielder Clemente in the first inning. Number 20, Frank Robinson. Well, those are the figures on Frank Robinson in this World Series. Two home runs, two runs batted in. It'll be out of play. Strike one. Deck hitter Rettenmund. Steve Blass quickly ahead of the hitter Frank Robinson. Nothing in two. Here's his two strike pitch. Out of play. <laughs> 